I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewest.substack.com. Okay, yeah. All right, so quick review of yesterday. Uh, uh, so we were trying to answer our questions on this halacha. I'm not going to review the halacha of um, the Tova Vasheris Biado. How is that still something? So I went over it, I was going over it with one of the, with the student who I tutor, and he gave a interesting um, analogy, which is he said, and it was, it happened to be in line with the approach we took. He said, Vidui is like um, giving a PowerPoint presentation to yourself about your tshuva, okay? Uh, which is going over all the steps that you did after you've done them in order to formalize and, and finalize the, the process. So the question is like psychologically, why do you, why is that part of the truth process? Like, why do you need that? Which I don't think we really like, well, we, we addressed it through the Raman by saying that it bolsters your conviction in Shuva, but I think you could just take one step further and say that like, um, actually it happened to work out with this, uh, the student that he had for all of high school, even before COVID, he went to like a remote online high school. So I asked him if he had like a, uh, an in-person graduation and he said, yes. And uh, I said, like, what would it have been like if you didn't have an in-person graduation? And he said, it just would have felt like, did I even like go to school? <laughs> like, you know, like there is a certain thing in the psyche of like a finalized act where you you've done all the steps, but then you have to do a misa that like that has an impact on you that like gives you closure in a way. Yeah. You know, the easier example of this, or the more visceral one, I guess, literally visceral. If you take visceral in this literal sense, you know, visceral means literally. Uh, So that's the figurative usage, which we use most of. Visceral means, what are viscera? Viscera? Yeah. Yeah, guts. Okay. So the visceral example is korbanos, right? Because what you do with the korban is you do the vidui on the korban. You say, and then... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and so you when you and the Ramam says that that it is designed to like make you feel like you feel like there is a part of you that feels like you haven't really parted ways with your hate, even though you've done all the work with chuva. So even though it's impossible to put your time onto an animal, psychologically you feel like you're doing that when you do that and then you burn the animal. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to add like the like what that mice does at the end is like you can also especially since you're going through like all the uh like the process in yeah. time, right? Or saying it. So like you're kind of like seeing where you started and where you are now. Yes, like, 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 that's also like, true. The bird's eye view of the journey yeah. can have a big, bigger impact than the uh, the individual yeah, steps. Like, yeah, really. That's like, did I really go to school? Did I really? Change? Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. And you can see like this is who I was. This is who I am now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought I'm an analogy, but no one's gonna get it. <laughs> there's this there's this video game. One of the top top games of my childhood uh, for Super Nintendo called Earthbound. It's a role playing game. Yeah, classic. Um, oh yeah, yes. So there's, if people know from Super Smash Brothers, it's where the character of Ness comes from, oh, the kid oh, with the baseball cap. Yeah. Um, so there's a, they do this great thing where like in, uh, in the two points in the game, in the middle and towards the end, 
you get kind of tricked into having, in one case, it's a cup of coffee. And in the other case, it's a cup of tea. And there's this long sequence of text where it basically like has you reflect on your entire journey and how far you've come and how much you've changed. And you can't skip the text. And there's like this calming music going on. And like, it does have this feeling of like, oh, like I'm taking stock of like the entire like road that I've been on, you know? Is it like the closing, uh, the closing scene of like, uh, like the, I guess the credit scene of like uh, Ocarina of Time? And like, yeah right right yeah like all the people, like, yeah yeah all, all, all the friends have been along the way yeah yeah so 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 then plugging that back into the idea we said yesterday if you did a powerpoint on the chuva process and you hadn't done chuva right so it's certainly you're not yote because you're you're not you're lying you're saying i have you know but is it still useful the answer is yes right outlining like what you would need to do First of all, acknowledging that you sinned and then outlining what you need to do in order to, to depart from it and reinforcing your belief in the efficacy of chuva is still helpful, but you're not yote because that's not vidui. Vidui is the complete process at the end where you say, this is what I've done and I'm uh, I'm uh, departing from this. Yeah. It would be like, it'd be like if you're in a group project and one guy makes a PowerPoint and the other guy like, tries to get over the PowerPoint. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, right. Learned about this. It's artificial. Right. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Okay. So correct. So uh, I, in the time today, I don't know if we're going to get to everything, but I kind of why it was in mood to learn Michelin. <laughs> now this Pusigan Michelin, like we um, let's just do a quick um, uh, learning of it on a shot level. Don't look at the portion um, on a shot level. And then, uh, and then figure out how it applies to doing Vidui, um, uh, without uh, tshuva. Okay, so one who conceals his offenses or crimes will not succeed, but one who admits and abandons will receive mercy. Now, in the context of the Rambam, which we're going to set aside in a second, it mode is the vidui, and ozev is abandoning is aziva sachet. So the Kiddush, according to the Halakha, is it's only mode ve ozev is yeruham. But if you're just mode and not ozev, then you don't get rachamim. But the question is, on pshat level, what is it saying? Yeah. I'll just say, just be inclined to say the same. Uh, be inclined to say the same. I don't know the context. So outside of context, I don't, it just sounds like the pshat is we feel or really we feel weird to referring to a physical object in language like this. It would feel weird to refer to a physical object. Right. Well, in child context, it's also not referring to a physical object, right? It is referring to an uh, interpersonal case. Wait, am I having deja vu or did we do the shot yesterday of this pasuk? I feel like I told the anecdote about the kid in the principal's office. Yeah. I did, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did, right. So I, uh, yeah, so I did go over the shot, right? The shot, I did go over the shot. Yeah, the shot is that in interpersonal chatayim, then attempting to conceal the hate is only going to make things worse. And the punching the the thing in the in, in, in my dorm room, yeah. we did go over the shot. Yeah, yeah. Because so I my general assumption is in Mishle, unless it says that this is about your relationship with Hashem, then it's going to be in the normal decision making context. And that, that's why I'm assuming that. But so we and we did the the the, uh, the Malbin, but let's look at the Rob Bog because he'll give us a hint about Hashem. So he says on this, um, osam. So someone who conceals his offenses and hides them when they investigate, when people like are investigating, 
He will not succeed. This will cause him to lie about his crimes. Or he'll get ashamed when people find the opposite of his words, right? Like all these politicians that they deny, they deny, they deny. And then when they get caught, it's like a double shame because not only are they being found out, but they're also being caught as a liar. Okay, but then he says, Someone who sinned and then admits it and then abandons his evil ways will get mercy. Then he says, This is true for whether it's to Hashem or for a person. Um, you will, people will have mercy on you if they see you regretting what you did. So the question is, how does this work with Hashem? Yeah. Just suspend that general missionary role. You don't have to do anything about the you just have to not be using that rule. Well, but here's the, the, the thing, though, is that, like, let's say in the case with the dorm punching incident, like, like, I... Okay, well, the difference there, the difference is if I don't know that you did an offense against me and then I find out, then I get very mad. But Hashem knows that you did the offense. So you can't even actually hide anything from Hashem. I mean, so I think we do know what I'm saying is for certain Pesukim and Mishle, that'll work. But in this case, since we're dealing with concealment and it's impossible to conceal stuff from Hashem, we, I think we're forced to, to take a different uh, approach. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh... Yeah, one who conceals his offenses will not succeed, but one who admits and abandons will receive mercy, will be granted mercy. I mean, it's it's like, that's within, I guess, like, shot of chuma, right? Yeah. You never even get to step zero, let's say, right? And then you can't succeed in chuma in, like, that sense. If you, so if you, you're saying if you're not... You never admit to yourself that right, you're wrong. Right. You conceal the fact that you're wrong. Or something. Yeah, you can't conceal from God. Right. Uh, or from God. Yeah. Um, then you'll... I mean, if Yatsliach here means um, like in Teshuvah, yeah. then you will never be able to do that because it's just... You never even get there. Okay, so you're saying that the Teshuvah process can't start until you first admit that yeah. you sin, And that might be why it starts it off... When, you know, someone mentioned yesterday... Someone mentioned yesterday this is the reverse order? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, right. So so that would answer that question, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, you can take that approach. That is a fine approach. However, <laughs> I think there's more to say on the concealing yeah. from Hashem. So uh, I was trying to spin a theory on Friday in my Friday Women's Year, uh, which I think has merit, but didn't it didn't get developed. But <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you look at uh, the first chait in Torah... Oh, right. Yeah. You mentioned this. I did. Uh, the other day. Uh, okay. Kind Hevel and Ottoman oh, 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 Chava. They, they, both, tried they both tried to conceal their fate, right? Did I bring in the Tanchuma? Possibly. Okay. So I'll repeat the move yesterday and then I'll bring this one more step I'm taking today. Is that um, the move is that there's a thought experiment which we'll never know the answer to, which is that what punishment would Ottoman Chava have gotten if they just admitted to their sin outright? Okay. Because instead of hiding and then giving an excuse and then blaming another person and then admitting. Right. And I did find a midrash and I'm not going to look it up right now because I forgot where it was, but by Kyan, there is a midrash that says that he actually did get his sentence reduced because the, the psukim say, um, 
He starts the denial, right? Then Vayomer and Hashem says, And then here's the here's the punishment. When you work the earth, it will not continue to give its strength to you. You will be a wanderer and an exile in the land. Okay, and then what does Kain say? My sin is too great to bear, which according to one shot is a confession. That's his vidui. And then, uh, and he goes on, and then Hashem says, basically, the, the, the consequence is, he is put in exile, but he's not a wanderer. In fact, what is he, what's the first thing he does when he gets exiled? He built a city. Okay, right? So, that's not the only way you can learn it, but it is saying that because he did a vidui, even after he did the denial, that alleviated part of his punishment. But there's a better raya in Midrash Tanhuma, which I don't even think we need to know the context here. Uh, well, okay, I'll read the context. This is when the fiery snakes are sent against Kalisrael. The people came to Moshe and they said, We sinned, for we spoke against Hashem and against you. So it says, Yadanu. We know that they spoke against Moshe. They, they bowed in front of him uh, and they said, I don't know, well, means they spread themselves out before him and they said to him, and remove the Nahash from us. Okay, this is not relevant. Um, he says it was just one snake. Yeah. A basilisk. Uh, to teach the humility of Moshe. That Moshe did not delay in asking Rachmim. Here's the thing. This is teaching you the koach of the power of tshuva. Once they said we sinned, immediately he was appeased. Okay. Because the, the partner should not be uh, cruel. So I want to try to work that into an answer for the Rambam here, which is that in the context of vidui and tshuva, so we've been working on the premise that vidui comes after um, comes after Tshuva at the very end. And that's when you get full Kapara. Here he's talking about if you did Vidui without Tshuva, so it's Tovo Bashar, it's Biado, and it's this Pasuk. Or, and this Pasuk is why you need Vidui with Tshuva. So I'm, I'm just wondering if we put all those pieces on the table, does anything emerge that we get from this Pasuk that like sheds light on why the Ramam needs to bring this in, in addition to the Tovo Bashar, Biado? Let me repeat the question. Question is, our original question was, was I understand the Tov of Sheretz Biado. What do we need this Pasuk for? We said the Pasuk is that you can't conceal stuff from Hashem, so you're really admitting it to yourself, and you're also admitting that that it's impossible to conceal stuff from Hashem, right? So, like, what does that change about the way that we're understanding this halacha, or what does this add beyond the Tov of Sheretz Biado? I feel like Tov Shares Biado is like you 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 know that you're still attached to the hate. Yeah. You're still attached to the source of the thing. Right. Versus this is saying like Do you feel like all the components are here? We just have to assemble the components. Yeah, I know, me too, yeah. Me too. The only thing I can think of right now is that the puzzle, like he's saying, like don't like, don't forget, and like, if you have plugged the puzzle into the sheriff, it's going to be like, don't think this is not a mouse, you know? Right. 
Um, something like that. Yeah, Joseph. Why are you looking for not You're using the positives of proof for it. So why? Well, so the the way the Gemara said it is, it's using it. Um, it's using it as a proof, right? Shinamar, um, and the Gemara brings two psukim, but the Ramam selects this one, and he didn't even really need to select it. Like, you know, he could just codify the halakha. So I'm assuming that the Ramam was bringing this in because it it enhances our understanding of it somehow. That's what I'm looking for. I was going to say maybe just one step is that the Tov Vashar's Biado has to do with your relationship to the hate. This has to do with your relationship to Hashem and his Rahamim. In other words, there's two, there's two things that are wrong with, with saying Vidu without Shuva. One, okay, here we go. One is that that your your Vidu is not effective, right? In the in the way that it's supposed to be. That's the uh Mu'alas. The second, though, is that there is a fundamental breach in your relationship with Hashem that doesn't come from the hate, it comes from the denial of the hate. No, that doesn't come from the denial of the hate. You're not denying the hate. Right. I, so ba- I got it backwards. I, 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 yeah, I, I, yeah. That could come from the it's a denial of tshuva. Yeah, yeah. Like if they're all saying the whole point of veto is like a like a total, I don't want to say like reassessment, but like yeah. a, a gathering in of like the, the validity of tshuva. But you just skip all the tshuva stuff and say I can just confess and all be good. And I yeah. Can talk about my, my my sin or whatever. Yeah. And say I can pass it. Then in, in, in essence, you're really saying I haven't even acknowledged like tshuva. Right. Which means you're trying to do the thing which acknowledges tshuva, but you're doing it wrong because you haven't done the tshuva. Correct. So, so a good model to work with that with just to understand the problem is uh, like the Catholic model, yeah, right? Is, oh yeah, is just, is Vidui and Hail Marys, but no yeah. Chuva, you know? Right, right. What are you going to say something? I wasn't going to say anything Okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was going to say something. Yeah. All right. So there's more to think about. Always more to think about in the Hill's Chuva. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We, 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 at least we, we delved into this a lot more than I've ever delved into it before. So that's something. All right. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Schneeweiss. Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewas at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.